Mars, Women Are From Venus, by Dr. John Gray. Imagine that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. One day long ago, the Martians, looking through their telescopes, discovered the Venusians. Just glimpsing the Venusians awakened feelings they had never known. They fell in love and quickly invented space travel and flew to Venus. The Venusians welcomed the Martians with open arms. The love between the Venusians and Martians was magical. They delighted in being together, doing things together, and sharing together. Though from different worlds, they reveled in their differences. They spent months learning about each other, exploring and appreciating their different needs, preferences, and even behavior patterns. For years, they lived together in love and harmony. Then they decided to fly to Earth. In the beginning, everything was wonderful and beautiful. But the effects of Earth's atmosphere took hold. And one morning, everyone woke up with a peculiar kind of amnesia, selective amnesia. Both the Martians and Venusians forgot that they were from different planets and were supposed to be different. And one morning, everything they had learned about their differences was erased from their memory. And since that day, men and women have been in conflict. Without the awareness that we're supposed to be different, men and women are at odds with each other. We mistakenly assume that if our partners love us, they will react and behave in certain ways, the way we react when we love someone. Men mistakenly expect women to think, communicate, and react the way men do. Women mistakenly expect men to feel and communicate and respond the way women do. We've forgotten that men and women are supposed to be different. As a result, our relationships are filled with unnecessary friction and conflict. Clearly recognizing and respecting these differences dramatically reduces confusion when dealing with the opposite sex. When you remember that men are from Mars and women are from Venus, everything can be explained. Falling in love is always magical. It feels eternal. We naively believe that somehow we are exempt from the problems our parents had, free from the odds that love will die, assured that it's meant to be, and we are destined to live forever, happily ever after. But as the magic recedes and daily life takes over, it emerges that men continue to expect women to think and react like men. And women expect men to feel and behave like women. We don't take the time to understand and respect each other. We become demanding, resentful, judgmental, and intolerant. We ask ourselves, how does it happen? Why does it happen? Why does it happen to us? To answer these questions, our greatest minds have developed brilliant and complex philosophical and psychological models. Yet still the old patterns return and love dies. It happens to almost everyone. Very few people indeed are able to grow in love. Yet it does happen. When men and women are able to respect and accept their differences, then love has a chance to blossom. Through understanding the hidden differences of the opposite sex, we can more successfully give and receive the love that's in our hearts. 
By validating and accepting our differences, creative solutions can be discovered whereby we can succeed in getting what we want. And more important, we can learn how to best love and support the people we care about. Love is magical, and it can last if we remember our differences. The most frequently expressed complaint women have about men is that men don't listen. Either a man completely ignores her when she speaks, or he listens for a few beats, assesses what's bothering her, and then he proudly puts on his Mr. Fix-It hat and offers her a solution to make her feel better. No matter how many times she tells him that he's not listening, he doesn't get it, and he keeps doing the same thing. She wants empathy. He thinks she wants solutions. The most frequently expressed complaint men have about women is that women are always trying to change them. When a woman loves a man, she feels responsible to assist him in growing and tries to help him improve the way he does things. She forms the Home Improvement Committee, and he becomes her primary focus. No matter how much he resists her help, she persists, waiting for an opportunity to help him or to tell him what to do. She thinks she's nurturing him while he feels he's being controlled. Instead, he wants her acceptance. These two problems can finally be solved by first understanding why men offer solutions and why women seek to improve. Let's pretend to go back in time and observe life on Mars and Venus before the planets discovered one another and came to Earth. We can gain some insights into men and women. Martians value power, competency, efficiency, and achievement. Their sense of self is defined through their ability to achieve results. They experience fulfillment primarily through success and accomplishments. Achieving goals is very important to a Martian because it's the way for him to prove his competence and thus feel good about himself. And for him to feel good about himself, he must achieve these goals alone by himself. Autonomy is a symbol of efficiency, power, and competence. Understanding this Martian characteristic can help women to understand why men resist so much being corrected or being told what to do. To offer a man unsolicited advice is to presume that he doesn't know what to do or that he can't do it on his own. Men are very touchy about this because the issue of competence is so very important to them. Because he's handling his problems on his own, a Martian rarely talks about his problems unless he needs expert advice. Asking for help when you can do it yourself is perceived as a sign of weakness. However, if he truly does need help, then it's a sign of wisdom to get it. In this case, he'll find someone he respects and then talk about his problem. Talking about a problem on Mars is an invitation for advice. Another Martian feels honored by the opportunity. Automatically, he puts on his Mr. Fix-It hat, listens for a few beats, and then offers some jewels of advice. This Martian custom is one of the reasons men instinctively offer solutions when a woman talks about her feelings or about her problems. When a woman innocently shares upset feelings or explores out loud the problems of her day, 
A man mistakenly assumes she's looking for some expert advice. He proudly puts on his Mr. Fix-It hat and begins giving advice. This is his way of trying to help and of showing love. Once he's offered a solution, however, and she continues to be upset, it becomes increasingly difficult for him to listen because his solution's being rejected. He feels useless. He has no idea that by just listening with empathy and interest, he can be supportive. He does not know that on Venus, talking about problems is not an invitation to offer a solution. Venusians have different values. Their sense of self is defined through their feelings and the quality of their relationships and their communication. They experience fulfillment through sharing and relating. Communication is of primary importance. To share their personal feelings is much more important than achieving goals or success. Talking and relating to one another is a source of tremendous fulfillment. This fulfillment is hard for a man to comprehend. He can come close to understanding a woman's experience of sharing and relating by comparing it to the satisfaction he feels when he wins a race, achieves a goal, or solves a problem. Instead of being goal-oriented, women are relationship-oriented. They are more concerned with expressing their goodness, their love, their caring. Venusians are very intuitive. They pride themselves on being considerate of the needs and feelings of others. A sign of great love is to offer help and assistance to another Venusian without even being asked. Because proving one's competence is not as important to a Venusian, offering help is not offensive, and needing help is not a sign of weakness. A man, however, may feel offended when a woman offers advice because he doesn't feel she trusts his ability to do it himself. A woman has no conception of this male sensitivity because for her, it's another feather in her hat. If someone offers to help her, it makes her feel loved and cherished. But offering help to a man can make him feel incompetent, weak, or even unloved. When a woman tries to improve a man, he feels she's trying to fix him, she's trying to change him. He receives the message that he's broken. She doesn't realize her caring attempts to help may actually humiliate him. She mistakenly thinks she's just helping him to grow. Without this insight into the nature of men, it's very easy for a woman to unknowingly and unintentionally hurt and offend the man she loves most. For example, Tom and Mary were going to a party. Tom was driving. After about 20 minutes and going around the same block a few times, it was clear to Mary that Tom was lost. She finally suggested that he call for help. Tom became very silent. They eventually arrived at the party, but the tension from that moment persisted the whole evening. Mary had no idea of why Tom was so upset. From her side, she was just saying, I love and care about you so I'm offering this help. From his side, he was offended. What he heard was, I don't trust you to get us there. You are incompetent. Without knowing about life on Mars, Mary couldn't appreciate how important it was for Tom to accomplish his goal without help. 
offering advice was the ultimate insult. After hearing about Martians and Venusians, Mary learned how to support Tom at such difficult times. The next time he was lost, instead of offering help, she restrained herself from offering any advice. She took a deep, relaxing breath and appreciated in her heart what Tom was trying to do for her. Tom greatly appreciated her warmth and trust. The evening was a great success. Generally speaking, when a woman offers unsolicited advice or tries to help a man, she has no idea of how critical and unloving she may sound to him. Even though her intent is loving, her suggestions do offend and sometimes hurt. His reactions may be strong, especially if he felt criticized as a child or he experienced his father being criticized by his mother. For many men, it's important to prove that they can get to their goal, even if it's a small thing like driving to a restaurant or to a party. Ironically, he may be more sensitive about the little things than the big. His feelings are like this. If I can't be trusted to do the small things, like getting us to a party, how can she trust me to do the bigger things? Like their Martian ancestors, men pride themselves on being experts, especially when it comes to fixing mechanical things, getting places, or solving problems. These are the times when he needs her loving acceptance the most, and not her advice or criticism. Likewise, if a man doesn't understand how a woman is different, he can make things worse when he's actually trying to help. Men need to remember that women talk about problems to get close and not necessarily to get solutions. So many times a woman just wants to share her feelings about her day and her husband, thinking he's helping, interrupts her by offering a steady flow of solutions to her problems. For example, Mary comes home from an exhausting day. She wants and needs to share her feelings about the day. She says, There's so much to do. I don't have any time for myself. Tom says, You should quit that job. You don't have to work so hard. Find something you like to do. Mary says, But I like my job. They just expect me to change everything at a moment's notice. Tom says, Don't listen to them. Just do what you can do. Mary says, I am. I can't believe I completely forgot to call my aunt today. Tom says, Don't worry about it. She'll understand. Mary says, Do you know what she's going through? She needs me. Tom says, You worry too much. That's why you're so unhappy. Mary angrily says, I'm not always unhappy. Can't you just listen to me? Tom says, I am listening. Mary says, Why do I even bother? After this conversation, Mary was more frustrated than when she arrived home, seeking intimacy and companionship. Tom was also frustrated and had no idea what went wrong. He wanted to help, but his problem-solving tactics didn't work. Without knowing about life on Venus, Tom didn't understand how important it was just to listen without offering solutions. His solutions only made things worse. You see... Venusians never offer solutions when someone's talking about their feelings. When Tom heard about the Venusians and how much they needed to talk, he gradually learned how to listen. When Mary now comes home tired or exhausted, their conversations are quite different. 
They sound like this. Mary says, There's so much to do. I have no time for me. Tom takes a deep breath, relaxes on the exhale, and says, Hmm, sounds like you had a hard day. Mary says, They expect me to change everything at a moment's notice. I don't know what to do. Tom pauses and then says, Hmm. Mary says, I even forgot to call my aunt. Tom says with a slightly wrinkled brow, Oh, no. Mary says, She needs me so much now. I feel so bad. Tom says, You're such a loving person. Come here. Let me give you a hug. Tom gives Mary a hug, and she relaxes in his arms with a sigh of relief. She then says, I love talking with you. You make me really happy. And as they finish the hug, she says, Thanks for listening. I feel much better. Not only Mary, but also Tom felt better. He was amazed at how much happier his wife was when he finally learned to listen. Not everything is wrong with Mr. Fixit or the Home Improvement Committee. These are very positive Martian and Venusian attributes. The mistakes are only in timing and approach. Men need to remember that when women seem upset and talk about their problems, it's not the time to offer solutions. Women need to remember that unsolicited advice or criticism, especially if he's just made a mistake, makes him feel unloved and controlled. To learn from his mistakes, he needs to feel her acceptance more than her advice. When a man feels that a woman is not trying to improve him, he's much more likely to ask for her feedback and advice. If you're a woman, I suggest for the next week, practice restraining from giving any unsolicited advice or criticism. The men in your life will not only appreciate it, but also will be much more attentive to your needs and responsive. If you're a man, I suggest that for the next week, you practice listening whenever a woman speaks with the sole intention of respectfully understanding what she's going through. Practice biting your tongue whenever you get the urge to offer a solution or change how she's feeling. You'll be surprised when you experience how much she appreciates you. One of the biggest differences between men and women is how they cope with stress. Men become increasingly focused and withdrawn, while women become increasingly overwhelmed and emotionally involved. At these times, a man's needs for feeling good are different from a woman's. He feels better by solving problems, while she feels better by talking about problems. Not understanding and accepting these differences creates unnecessary friction in our relationships. Here's a common example. When Tom comes home, he wants to relax and unwind by quietly reading the news. He is stressed by the unsolved problems of his day and finds relief through forgetting about them. His wife Mary also wants to relax from her stressful day. She, however, wants to find relief by talking about the problems of her day. The tension slowly building between them gradually becomes resentment. Tom secretly thinks Mary talks too much, while Mary feels ignored. Without understanding their differences, they will grow further apart. This problem can be resolved 
first by understanding in greater detail how men and women cope with stress. Let's again observe life on Mars and Venus and glean some insights about men and women. When a Martian gets upset, he never talks about what's bothering him. Instead, he becomes very quiet and goes to his private cave to think about his problem, mulling it over to find a solution. When he has found the solution, he feels much better and comes out of his cave. If he can't find a solution, then he needs to do something to forget his problems, like reading a magazine or playing a game. This is hard for women to understand because on Venus, sharing your problems with another is an important activity and it's actually considered a sign of love and trust. When a man is stressed, he will withdraw into the cave of his mind and focus on solving a problem. At such times, he is powerless to give his partner the attention and communication she needs and deserves. It is hard for her to be accepting of him at these times because she doesn't know how stressed he is. If he were to come home and talk about his problems, then she could be more compassionate. But when a man is stuck in his cave, a woman resents his not being more open. She feels hurt when he turns on the news or goes outside to play some basketball and ignores her. It's easy to take it personally. To expect a man who's in his cave instantly to become open, responsive, and loving is as unrealistic as expecting a woman who's upset to immediately calm down and make complete sense. On the other hand, men generally have little awareness of how distant they become when they're in their cave. As a man recognizes how withdrawing into his cave may affect a woman, he can be more compassionate when she feels neglected and unimportant. To increase consideration, both men and women need to understand each other better. When a man begins to ignore his wife, she often takes it personally. Knowing he's coping with stress in his own way is extremely helpful, but does not always help her alleviate the pain. At such times, she may feel the need to talk about these feelings. This is when it's important for the man to validate her feelings. He needs to understand that she has a right to talk about her feelings, just as he has a right to withdraw into his cave and not talk. If she doesn't feel understood, then it's difficult for her to release her hurt and accept his differences. When women talk about problems, men usually resist. A man assumes she's talking with him about her problems because she's holding him responsible. The more problems, the more he feels blamed. He doesn't realize that she's talking to feel better. A man doesn't know that she will appreciate it greatly if he will just listen. Men become impatient when women talk about problems in great detail. He thinks that all the details are necessary for him to find a solution to her problem. He struggles to find their relevance and becomes impatient. The more details she gives, the more he's frustrated while listening. His frustration is lessened if he can remember that she is greatly benefiting by talking about the details. This is something important to her. Something a woman can do to make it a little easier for a man is to let him know in advance the outcome of the story and then go back and give the details. 
Avoid keeping him in suspense. If a woman can remind a man that she just wants to talk about her problems and that he doesn't have to solve any of them, it can help him to relax and just listen. Centuries before the Martians and Venusians got together, they had been quite happy living in their separate worlds. Then one day everything changed. The Martians and Venusians suddenly became depressed. It was this depression that motivated them eventually to come together. Understanding the secrets of their transformation helps us today to recognize how men and women are motivated in different ways. With this new awareness, you will be better equipped to support your partner as well as get the support you need at difficult and stressful times. Let's go back in time and pretend to witness what happened. When the Martians became depressed, everyone on the planet left the cities and went to their caves for a long time. They were stuck and couldn't come out until one day when a Martian happened to glimpse the beautiful Venusians through his telescope. The sight of these beautiful beings inspired the Martians and they felt their depression miraculously lift. Suddenly they felt needed. They came out of their caves and began building a fleet of spaceships to fly to Venus. When the Venusians became depressed, to feel better, they formed circles and began talking with one another about their problems. But this didn't seem to relieve the depression. They stayed depressed for a long time until, through their intuition, they experienced a vision. Strong and wondrous beings, the Martians, would be coming across the universe to love, serve, and support them. Suddenly, they felt cherished. Their depression lifted, and they happily began preparing for the arrival of the Martians. Men are motivated and empowered when they feel needed. Women are motivated and empowered when they feel cherished. These secrets of motivation are still applicable. When a man does not feel needed in a relationship, he gradually becomes passive and less energized. With each passing day, he has less to give to the relationship. On the other hand, when he feels trusted to do his best to fulfill her needs and appreciated for his efforts, he is empowered and has more to give. When a woman doesn't feel cherished in a relationship, she gradually becomes overly responsible and exhausted from giving too much. On the other hand, when she feels cared for and respected and special, she is fulfilled and has more to give. When a man is in love, he begins to care about another as much as himself. He experiences his partner's fulfillment as if it were his own. He can easily endure any hardship to make her happy because her happiness makes him happy. His struggles become easier. He is energized with a higher purpose. Most men are not only hungry to give love, but are starving for it. Their biggest problem is they don't know what they're missing. They rarely saw their fathers succeed in fulfilling their mothers through giving. When his relationships fail, he finds himself depressed and stuck in his cave. He stops caring and then doesn't know why he's so depressed. At such times, he asks himself, what is it all for? Why should I even bother? He doesn't know that he has stopped caring because he doesn't feel needed. He doesn't realize that by finding someone who needs him, he can shake off his depression and be motivated again.
not to be needed is a slow death for a man. Most men have little awareness of how important it is to a woman to feel supported by someone who cares. Women are happy when they believe their needs will be met. When a woman is upset, she needs to feel she's not alone. She needs to feel loved and cherished. Empathy, understanding, validation, and compassion go a long way to assist her in becoming more receptive and appreciative of his support. Men don't realize this because their Martian instincts tell them it's best to be alone when they're upset. When she's upset, out of respect, he will leave her alone. Or if he stays, he makes matters worse by trying to solve her problems. He doesn't instinctively realize that what she needs most is just someone to be there, someone to listen, someone who cares. A woman's tendency to become overly responsible relaxes as she remembers that she is worthy of love. She doesn't have to earn it. She can relax, give less, and receive more. She deserves it. When a woman realizes she's been giving too much, she tends to blame her partner for her unhappiness. Although she has not received what she deserves to improve her relationships, she needs to recognize how she contributed to the problem. When a woman gives too much, she should not blame her partner solely for the problem. Likewise, a man who gives less should not blame his partner for being negative or unreceptive to him. Blaming does not work. Understanding, trust, compassion, acceptance and support are the solution, not blaming our partners. When this situation occurs, instead of blaming his partner for being resentful, a man can be compassionate and offer his support, even if she doesn't ask for it. Listen to her, even if at first it sounds like blame, and help her to trust and open up by doing little things for her to show he cares. Instead of blaming a man for giving less, a woman can accept and forgive her partner's imperfections, especially when he disappoints her. Trust that he wants to give more, but he doesn't know how, or he doesn't realize how important it is, and so he doesn't offer his support. She can also encourage him to give more by appreciating what he does do and continue to ask for his support. Most important, however, a woman needs to recognize her boundaries of what she can give without later resenting her partner. Instead of giving more and expecting her partner to then even the score, she needs to keep it even by regulating how much she gives. Setting limits and receiving are very scary for a woman. She's commonly afraid of needing too much and then being rejected or judged or even abandoned. Deep inside her unconscious, she may hold the incorrect belief that she is unworthy of love, particularly if as a child she witnessed abuse or was directly abused, then she's even more vulnerable to feeling unworthy of love. Hidden in the unconscious, this feeling generates the fear of needing others. Because she is afraid of not being supported, she unknowingly pushes away the support she needs. When a man receives the message that she doesn't trust him to fulfill her needs, then he feels immediately rejected and is turned off. Her hopelessness and mistrust 
transform her valid needs into desperate expressions of neediness and communicate to him the message that she doesn't trust him to support her. Ironically, men are primarily motivated by being needed but are turned off by this kind of neediness. At such times, a woman mistakenly assumes that having needs turned him off when in truth it is her hopelessness, desperation, and mistrust that has done so. Without recognizing that men need to be trusted, it is difficult and confusing for women to understand the difference between needing and neediness. Needing is openly reaching out and asking for support from a man in a trusting manner, one that assumes that he will do his best. This empowers him. Neediness, however, is desperately needing support because you don't trust you'll get it. It pushes men away and makes them feel rejected and unappreciated. For women, not only is needing others confusing, but being disappointed or feeling abandoned is especially painful, even in the smallest ways. Needing others puts her in a vulnerable position. Being ignored or disappointed hurts more because it affirms the incorrect belief that she's unworthy. When a woman realizes that she truly deserves to be loved, she's opening the door for a man to give to her. But when it takes her ten years of overgiving in a marriage to realize that she deserves more, ironically, she feels like closing the door and not giving him the chance. When this is the case, I have to assure women that they don't have to give more to have a better relationship. Their partner will actually give more if they give less. When a man has been ignoring her needs, it's as though they have both been asleep. When she wakes up and remembers her needs, he also wakes up and wants to give her more. A man's deepest fear is that he's not good enough or that he's incompetent. He compensates for this fear by focusing on increasing his power and competence. Success, achievement, and efficiency are foremost in his life. Just as a woman is afraid around receiving, men tend to be afraid around giving. To extend himself in giving to her means to risk failure, correction, or even disapproval. These consequences are most painful because deep inside his unconscious, he may hold the incorrect belief that he's not good enough. This belief was formed and reinforced in childhood every time he thought he was expected to do better. Ironically, when a man really cares about his partner, his fear of failure increases, and sometimes he gives less. To avoid failure, he stops giving to the people he wants to give to the most. He appears most uncaring when he's most afraid. The first step for a man in learning how to give is to realize that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to fail and that he doesn't have to have all the answers. The phrase, I don't know, isn't even in the Martian Dictionary. Women commonly misinterpret a man's silence. Depending upon how she's feeling that day, she may begin to imagine the very worst. He hates me. He doesn't love me. He's leaving me forever. This may then trigger her deepest fear, which is, I'm afraid if he rejects me, then I will never be loved. I don't deserve to be loved.
When a man is silent, it's easy for a woman to imagine the worst, because the only times a woman would be silent are when she had something to say that would be hurtful, or when she didn't want to talk to a person because she didn't trust him anymore and wanted nothing to do with him. No wonder a woman becomes insecure when a man suddenly becomes quiet. Women have a lot to learn about men before relationships can be really fulfilling. They need to learn that when a man is upset or stressed, he will automatically stop talking, go to his cave, and work things out. And no one is allowed in that cave. When a man goes to his cave, women should not become scared that they have done something terribly wrong. They need to gradually learn that if you just let a man go into his cave, after a while, he'll come out and everything will be fine. It is important for women not to try to get a man to talk before he's ready. Women get burned not only when they unknowingly invade a man's introspective time, but also when they misinterpret his expressions, which are generally warnings that he is either in his cave or on his way. When asked, what's the matter? A Martian will say something brief like, it's nothing, or I'm okay. Even when a man's out of the cave, he still needs to be trusted. They don't like unsolicited advice or empathy. They need to prove themselves. A man feels supported when a woman communicates in a way that says, I trust you to handle things unless you directly ask for help. Learning to support men in this way can be very difficult in the beginning. Many women feel that the only way they can get what they need in a relationship is to criticize a man when he makes mistakes or to offer unsolicited advice. If he behaves in a manner that she doesn't like, she can directly tell him that she doesn't like his behavior without casting judgment that he is wrong or bad. Without an understanding of how she may be turning the men off in her life with unsolicited advice or criticism, a woman feels powerless to get what she needs or what she wants from a man. Nancy was frustrated in her relationship. She said, I still don't know how to approach a man with criticism and advice. No matter how I tell him, he gets angry or defensive or just ignores me. The answer is, she should not offer criticism or advice unless he asks. Instead, she should try giving him loving acceptance. This is what he needs, not lectures. Men need to feel very secure before they open up and ask for support. As we've discussed, when a man goes into his cave or becomes quiet, he's saying, I need some time to think about this. Please stop talking to me. I'll be back. And then we can talk. When he goes to his cave, a man doesn't realize that a woman may hear, I don't love you. I can't stand to listen to you. I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. To counteract this message, he can learn to say these four magic words, I will be back. I'll be back. It's amazing how these simple words make such a profound difference. In addition, he could say, I'll be back and then we can talk again. Good communication requires participation on both sides. A man needs to work at remembering that complaining about problems does not mean he's being blamed. A woman can work at letting him know 
that though she's complaining sometimes, she also appreciates him or that she's not blaming him. For example, while writing this chapter, my wife Bonnie came in and asked how I was doing. I said, good, how's your day? She said, oh, there's so much to do. We hardly have any time together anymore. The old me would have become very defensive and reminded her of all the time we have spent together. Or I would have told her how important my deadline was. This would have just created tension. The new me, aware of our differences, understood that she was just looking for some reassurance and understanding, and she wasn't looking for any justifications or explanations. I said, You're right. We've been really busy. It's been a long day. Come here. Sit in my lap. Let me give you a hug. She then said, You feel really good. This was the appreciation I needed in order to be more available to her. I then offered to drop off the babysitter so she could relax before dinner. She said, Really? You'll take the babysitter home? That'd be great. Thanks. Again, she gave me the appreciation I needed to feel like a successful partner, even when she was tired and exhausted. Women don't always think of giving appreciation because they assume a man knows how much she appreciates being heard. He doesn't know. He thinks he's doing nothing by listening. When she's talking about problems, he needs to be reassured that he is still loved and appreciated and that he's doing something, even though from his point of view, he's doing nothing but listening. Men feel frustrated by problems unless they're doing something to solve them. By appreciating him for being a good listener, a woman can let him know that just by listening, he is also helping. A woman does not have to suppress her feelings or even change them to support her partner. She does, however, need to express them in a way that doesn't make him feel attacked, accused, or blamed. Making a few small changes can make a big difference. The four magic words to support a man are... It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Reassuring a man that it's not his fault or that he's not being blamed works only as long as she truly is not blaming him. If she is attacking him, then she should share her feelings with somebody else. She should wait until she's more loving or centered to talk to him. A man often blames a woman for being blaming when she is innocently talking about problems. This is very destructive to the relationship because it blocks communication. A helpful approach is to remember that she always has a right to be upset and that once she gets it out, she will feel much better. As a man learns to listen and interpret a woman's feelings correctly, communication becomes easier. Although listening is an important skill to practice, some days a man is too stressed or too sensitive to translate the intended meaning of her phrases. At such times, he should not even attempt to listen. Instead, he could kindly say, This isn't a good time for me. Let's talk about it later. I need some time alone. As Bonnie and I have learned to communicate in a way that respects our differences and understands our needs, our marriage has become so much easier. I've witnessed this kind of transformation in thousands of individuals and couples. Relationships thrive when communication reflects a ready acceptance and a respect of people's innate differences. When misunderstandings arise, remember that we speak different languages. 
Take the time necessary to translate what your partner really means or wants to say. This definitely takes practice, but it's well worth it. Men are like rubber bands. When they pull away, they can stretch only so far before they come springing back. A rubber band is the perfect metaphor to understand the male intimacy cycle. This cycle involves getting close, pulling away, and then getting close again. Most women are surprised to realize that even when a man loves a woman, periodically he needs to pull away before he can get closer. Men instinctively feel this urge to pull away. It's not a decision or even a choice. It just happens. It's a natural cycle. Women misinterpret a man's pulling away because, generally speaking, a woman pulls away for different reasons. She pulls back when she doesn't trust him to understand her feelings when she's been hurt, or she's afraid of being hurt again, or when he's done something wrong and disappointed her. Certainly a man may pull away for the same reasons, but he will also pull away even if she's done nothing wrong. He pulls away to fulfill his need for independence or autonomy. When he is fully separated, when he is pulled away, then suddenly he will feel his need for love and intimacy again. Automatically, he will be more motivated to give his love and receive back the love he needs. If understood, this male intimacy cycle enriches a relationship. Because it is misunderstood, it creates unnecessary problems. Let's explore an example. Maggie was distressed, anxious, and confused. She and her boyfriend Jeff had been dating for about six months. Everything had been so romantic. Then, without any apparent reason, he began to distance himself emotionally. Maggie couldn't understand why he had suddenly pulled away. She thought she'd done something wrong. After taking my seminar, Maggie realized that when Jeff pulled away, it was not her fault. In addition, she learned why he was pulling away and how to gracefully deal with it. Months later, at another seminar, Jeff thanked me for what Maggie had learned. He told me they were now engaged to be married. Maggie had discovered a secret about men that few women know. Maggie realized that when she was trying to get close, while Jeff was trying to pull away, she was actually preventing him from stretching his full distance and then springing back. By running after him, she was preventing him from ever feeling that he needed her and wanted to be with her. She realized that she had done this in every relationship. Unknowingly, she had obstructed an important cycle. By trying to maintain intimacy, she actually had prevented it. When a man has stretched away his full distance, he will return with a lot of power and spring. This is generally puzzling for a woman because for her, becoming intimate again requires a period of reacquaintance. If she doesn't understand that men are different in this way, she may have a tendency to mistrust his sudden desire for intimacy and push him away. Men also need to understand this difference. When a man springs back before a woman can open up again to him, she generally wants and needs time and conversation to reconnect. This transition can be more graceful if a man understands 
a woman may need more time, especially if she felt hurt when he pulled away. Without this understanding, a man may become impatient. A man automatically alternates between needing intimacy and autonomy. For example, in the beginning of his relationship with Maggie, Jeff was strong and full of desire. He wanted to impress her, fulfill her, please her, get close to her. As she opened her heart to him, he got closer and closer. He felt wonderful. But after a brief period, a change took place. Even though this closeness is fulfilling to a man, he will inevitably begin to feel the urge to pull away. Having temporarily fulfilled his hunger for intimacy, like after a good meal, he now feels his hunger to be independent or to go for a walk. As Jeff instinctively pulls away without any explanation to Maggie, Maggie reacts with fear. She feels powerless to get him back because she doesn't know what she did to turn him off. When she asks him what's the matter, he doesn't have a clear answer, and so he resists talking about it. He just continues to distance from her even more. Without an understanding of this cycle, it's easy to see how men and women begin to doubt their love. Maggie could easily assume that Jeff didn't love her. Without getting a chance to pull away, Jeff would lose touch with his desire and passion to be close. He could easily assume he no longer loved Maggie. After learning to let Jeff have his distance or space, Maggie discovered that he did come back. She practiced not running after him when he would withdraw and trusted that everything was okay each time he did come back. As her trust in this process grew, it became easier for her to accept this part of Jeff. The more she just accepted him at those times, the sooner he would return. As Jeff began to understand his changing feelings and needs, he became more confident in his love for her. He was able to make a commitment. Without an understanding of how men are like rubber bands, it's very easy for women to misinterpret a man's reactions. When a man pulls away, it's not because he doesn't want to talk. Instead, he needs some time alone, time to be with himself when he's not responsible for anybody else. It's a time for him to take care of himself. When he returns, then he's available to talk. To a certain extent, a man loses himself through connecting with his partner. By feeling her needs, problems, wants, emotions, he may lose touch with his own sense of self. Pulling away allows him to reestablish his personal boundaries and fulfill his need to feel autonomous. When a man is pulling away, this is not the time to try to get closer. Let him pull away. After some time, he'll return. He will appear loving and supportive and act as though nothing has happened. This is the time to talk, not when he's pulling away. Men generally don't realize how their suddenly pulling away and then later returning affects women. With insight about this intimacy cycle, a man can recognize the importance of sincerely listening when a woman speaks. He grows to understand his own cycles and reassures her when he pulls away that he will be back. When he returns to talk, she might probe him to understand why he left. If he's not sure, which is many times the case, he might say, I'm not sure, I just needed some time to myself. To initiate a conversation, the wise woman learns not to demand 
that a man talk, but asks that he truly listen to her. As her emphasis changes, the pressure on him is released. She learns to open up and share her feelings without demanding that he do the same. She trusts that he will gradually open up more as he feels accepted and listens to her feelings. She does not punish him or chase after him. She understands that sometimes her intimate feelings trigger his need to pull away, while at other times, when he's on his way back, he is quite capable of hearing her intimate feelings. A woman is like a wave. When she feels loved, her self-esteem rises and falls in a wave motion. When she's feeling really good, she will reach a peak, and then suddenly her mood may change and her wave crashes down. This crash is temporary. After she reaches bottom, suddenly her mood will shift and she will again feel good about herself, and the wave rises back up. A woman's self-esteem rises and falls like a wave. When she hits bottom, it's a time for emotional house-cleaning. A woman's ability to give and receive love in her relationships is generally a reflection of how she's feeling about herself. When she's not feeling as good about herself, she's unable to be as accepting and appreciative of her partner. At her down times, she tends to be overwhelmed or more emotionally reactive. When her wave hits bottom, she's more vulnerable and she needs more love. It's as though she sinks down into a well. And in this well, there are lots of feelings. And when they first come up, they're not clear. It's crucial that her partner understands what she needs at these times. Otherwise, he may make unreasonable demands. A man commonly assumes that her sudden change of mood is based solely on his behavior. When she is happy, he takes credit. But when she is unhappy, he also feels responsible. He may feel extremely frustrated because he doesn't know how to make things better, or he simply feels blamed. Mary and Bill had been married for six years. Bill had observed this wave pattern in Mary, but because he didn't understand it, he tried to fix it, which made matters worse. Bill said, I can't understand my wife Mary. For weeks, she's the most wonderful woman. She gives her love unconditionally to me and to everyone. Then suddenly she becomes overwhelmed by how much she's doing for everyone and starts being very disapproving of me. It's not my fault she's unhappy. I explain that to her, and we just get into the biggest fights. Like many men, Bill made the mistake of trying to prevent his partner from bottoming out. He tried to rescue her. He had not learned that she needed to hit bottom before she could come up. The last thing a woman needs when she's on her way down is someone telling her why she shouldn't be down. What she needs is someone to be with her as she goes down, to listen to her for a while while she shares her feelings, and to empathize with what she's going through. Even if a man can't fully understand why a woman feels so overwhelmed, he can offer his love, he can give her attention, and certainly support her. After learning how women are like waves, Bill was still confused. The next time his wife seemed to be in her well, or the wave had crashed, he practiced listening to her. 
He told me, At first I listened, and she seemed to open up and share more. But then she started getting even more upset. It seemed the more I listened, the more upset she got. I told her she shouldn't be getting more upset, and then we got into a big argument. Although Bill was listening to Mary, he was still trying to fix her. He expected her to feel better right away. What Bill didn't know is that when a woman goes into her well, if she feels supported, she doesn't necessarily feel better right away. She may even feel worse. But that is a sign that his support may be helping. His support may actually help her to hit bottom sooner, and then she can and she will feel better. To genuinely come up, she first needs to hit bottom. That is the cycle. When a woman comes out of the well, she becomes her usual loving self again. This positive shift is generally misunderstood by men. A man typically thinks that whatever was bothering her is now completely healed or resolved. This is not the case. It's an illusion. When her wave crashes again, similar issues will arise. When her issues come up again, he becomes impatient because he thinks that they've already been resolved. Without understanding the wave, he finds it hard to validate and nurture her feelings when she's feeling down or in the well. When a woman goes into her well, her deepest issues tend to surface. These issues may have to do with the relationship, but usually they are heavily charged from her past relationships and childhood. Whatever remains to be healed or resolved from her past inevitably will come up. As she feels more and more supported at these difficult times, she begins to trust the relationship and is able to journey in and out of her well without conflict in her relationship or struggle in her life. This is the blessing of a loving relationship. To support a woman when she's in her well is a special gift that she will greatly appreciate. Gradually she will become free from the gripping influences of her past. She will still have her ups and downs, but they will not be so extreme that they overshadow her loving nature. Men and women generally are unaware that they have different emotional needs. As a result, they don't instinctively know how to support each other. Men typically give in relationships what men want, while women give to men what women want. Each mistakenly assumes that the other has the same needs and desires. As a result, they both end up dissatisfied or resentful. Both men and women feel that they give and give, but they don't get back. They feel that their love is unacknowledged and unappreciated. The truth is, they are both giving love, but not in the desired manner. Most of our complex emotional needs can be summarized as the need for love. Men and women each have six unique needs that are all equally important. Men primarily need trust, acceptance, appreciation, admiration, approval, and encouragement. Women primarily need caring, understanding, respect, devotion, validation, and reassurance. Certainly every man and woman ultimately needs all these 12 kinds of love. What is meant by primary need is that fulfilling a primary need 
is required before one is able to receive and appreciate the other kinds of love. Without an awareness of what is important for the opposite sex, men and women don't realize how much they may be hurting their partners or depriving them of what they deserve. Women generally don't realize the ways they communicate that are unsupportive and hurtful to the male ego. Here's a list of three common communication mistakes women make in relation to a man's primary love needs. The first, she tries to improve his behavior or help him by offering unsolicited advice. He doesn't feel loved because she doesn't trust him. The second, she doesn't acknowledge what he does for her but complains about what he hasn't done. He feels taken for granted and unloved because she doesn't appreciate what he does. The third, she corrects his behavior and tells him what to do as if he were a child. He feels unloved because he doesn't feel admired. Through understanding a woman's primary needs, a man can be more sensitive to and respectful of her needs. The following shows three mistakes men make in relation to a woman's primary emotional needs. The first, he minimizes the importance of her feelings and needs. He makes children or work more important. She feels unloved because he's not devoted to her and doesn't honor her as special. The second, he listens but then gets angry and blames her for upsetting him or for bringing him down. She feels unloved because he doesn't respect her feelings. The third, after listening, he says nothing or just walks away. She feels insecure because she didn't get the reassurance she needs. Many people give up when relationships become too difficult. Relationships become easier when we understand our partner's primary needs. Without giving more, but by giving what is required, we don't burn out. To fulfill your partner, you need to learn how to give the love he or she primarily needs. One of the most difficult challenges in our loving relationships is handling differences and disagreements. Just as communication is the most important element in a relationship, arguments can be the most destructive element because the closer we are to someone, the easier it is to bruise or to be bruised. For all practical purposes, I strongly recommend that couples not argue. Negotiate, yes. Ask for what you want. Express differences, but don't argue or fight. It is possible to be honest, open, and even express negative feelings without arguing or fighting. By remembering that we're from different planets and developing good communication skills, it's possible to avoid arguments without suppressing negative feelings or even conflicting ideas and desires. It takes two to argue, but it only takes one to stop an argument. The best way to stop an argument is to nip it in the bud. Stop talking and take a time out. Reflect on how you're approaching your partner. Try to understand how you're not giving them what they need. Then after some time has passed, come back, talk again, but in a more loving and respectful way. Timeouts allow us to cool off, heal our wounds, center ourselves before trying to communicate again. Men and women commonly argue about money, sex, decisions, scheduling, values, 
child-rearing, household responsibilities. These discussions and negotiations, however, turn into painful arguments for only one reason. We're not feeling loved. Because women are not from Mars, they don't instinctively realize that conflicting ideas and feelings and desires are a difficult challenge for a man. The closer he is to a woman, the harder it is to deal with differences and disagreements. When she doesn't like something he's done, he feels she doesn't like him. Fulfilling a man's primary emotional needs will diminish his tendency to engage in hurtful arguments. Automatically, he'll be able to listen and speak with much greater respect, understanding, and caring. Most arguments escalate when a man begins to invalidate a woman's feelings and she responds to him disapprovingly. When a man has done something to upset a woman, his instinct is to explain to her why she shouldn't be upset. But when he explains himself, the only message she may hear is that he doesn't care about her feelings. For her to hear his good reasons, she first needs him to hear her good reasons for being upset. He needs to put his explanations on hold and listen to her, understanding her point of view. When he simply starts to care about her feelings, she will start to feel supported. Remember, women need to feel cared for. Men need to feel trusted. This change in approach takes practice but can be achieved. Generally, when a woman expresses feelings of frustration, disappointment, or worry, every cell in a man's body instinctively reacts with a list of explanations and justifications designed to explain away her upset feelings. A man never intends to make matters worse. His tendency to explain away feelings is just Martian instinct. The most common way women unknowingly start arguments is by not being direct when they share their feelings. For example, when a man is late, a woman may feel, I don't like waiting for you when you're late. Or, I was worried that something had happened to you. However, when he arrives, instead of directly sharing her feelings, she tends to ask rhetorical questions like, How could you be so late? Or, Why didn't you call? When a man hears a question like, why didn't you call, he feels attacked and becomes defensive. She has no idea of how painful her disapproval in that moment is to him. Just as women need validation, men need approval. Most men are ashamed to admit how much they need approval. They may go to great lengths to prove they don't care. But why do they immediately become cold, distant, and defensive when they lose a woman's approval? because not getting what they need hurts. One of the reasons relationships are so successful in the beginning is that a man receives approval and rides high. But as soon as he begins to disappoint, he's cast out into the doghouse. To treat a man as if he has no good reason for what he does is to withhold the approval she so freely gave at the beginning of the relationship. A woman needs to remember that she can still give approval even when she disagrees. Every relationship has difficult times. They may occur for a variety of reasons, like loss of a job, death, illness, or just not enough rest. 
At these times, the most important thing is to try to communicate with a loving, validating, and approving attitude. In addition, we need to accept and understand that we and our partners will not always be perfect. By learning successfully to communicate in response to the smaller upsets in a relationship, it becomes easier to deal with the bigger challenges when they suddenly appear. When we are upset or angry, it is difficult to communicate lovingly. At such times, even with the best intentions, talking turns into fighting. In the heat of the moment, we don't remember how to communicate in a way that works for our partner or for us. At times like these, women unknowingly tend to blame men and make them feel guilty for their actions. Instead of remembering that her partner is doing the best he can, a woman could assume the worst and sound critical and resentful. When she feels a surge of negative feelings, it is especially difficult for a woman to speak in a trusting, accepting, and appreciative way. She doesn't realize how negative and hurtful her attitude is to her partner. When men become upset, they tend to become judgmental of a woman and her feelings. Instead of remembering that his partner is vulnerable and sensitive, a man tends to forget her needs and sound mean and uncaring. When he feels a surge of negative feelings, it's especially difficult for him to speak in a caring, understanding, and respectful way. He doesn't realize how hurtful his negative attitude is to her. These are the times when talking doesn't work. Fortunately, there is another alternative. Instead of verbally sharing your feelings with your partner, write her or him a letter. Writing letters allows you to listen to your own feelings without worrying about hurting your partner. By freely expressing and listening to your own feelings, you automatically become more centered and loving. Writing out your negative feelings is an excellent way to become aware of how unloving you may sound, because many times we don't realize how unloving we sound. With this greater awareness, you can adjust your approach. It's easier. In addition, by writing out your negative emotions, their intensity can be released or at least minimized, making room for positive feelings to be felt again. Having become more centered, you can then go to your partner and speak to him or to her in a more loving way, a way that's less judgmental or blaming. As a result, your chances of being heard and understood, of being accepted, are much greater. Instead of writing down your feelings, you may also choose to do the same process in your mind. Imagine in your mind you are saying what you feel, think, and want without editing yourself. By carrying on an inner dialogue expressing the complete truth about your feelings, you will suddenly become free from their negative grip. One of the best ways to release negativity and then communicate in a more loving fashion is to use the love letter technique. There are three aspects or parts to the love letter technique. The first, write a letter expressing your feelings of anger, sadness, fear, regret, and love. The second, write a response letter expressing what you want to hear from your partner. The third, share your letter and response letter with your partner. The love letter technique is quite flexible. You may choose to do all three steps, or you may only do one or two of them. Let's explore a few examples of how to write a love letter.
address the letter to your partner. Pretend that he or she is listening to you with love and understanding. Start with any angry feelings, then sad feelings, then any fearful feelings, then feelings of regret, and then love. Include all five sections in each letter. Write a few sentences about each feeling. Keep each section approximately the same length. Speak in simple terms. After each section, pause and notice the next feeling coming up. Write about that feeling. Do not stop your letter until you get to the love. Be patient and wait for the love to come out. Sign your name at the end. Take a few moments to think about what you need or want and then write it in a PS. Use this guide in writing your love letters. In each of the five sections, a few helpful lead-in phrases are included to help you express your feelings. You may use just a few of these phrases or all of them. Generally, the most releasing phrases are, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm afraid, I'm sorry, I want, and I love. However, any phrases that assist you in expressing your feelings will work. It usually takes about 20 minutes to complete a love letter. Here's a sample love letter that will help you understand the technique. Jim was leaving the next morning for a business trip. That evening, his wife, Virginia, attempted to create some intimacy. She brought a mango into their bedroom and offered him some. Jim was preoccupied reading a book in bed and briefly commented that he wasn't hungry. Virginia felt rejected and left. Instead of coming back and complaining about his rudeness and insensitivity, she wrote a love letter. After writing this letter, Virginia, feeling more accepting and forgiving, went back into the bedroom and said, This is our last night before you leave. Let's spend some special time together. Jim put down his book, and they had a delightful, intimate evening. Writing a love letter gave Virginia the strength and love to persist more directly in getting her partner's attention. She did not even need to share her love letter with her partner. This is her letter. Dear Jim, Level 1, Anger. I'm frustrated that you want to read a book and this is our last evening together before you leave. I'm angry that you ignore me. I'm angry that you don't want to spend this time with me. I want to feel you love me. Level 2. Sadness. I'm sad you don't want to be with me. I feel like you wouldn't even notice if I wasn't here. I don't feel special. Level 3. Fear. I'm afraid you don't even care. I'm afraid you don't like me. Level 4. Regret. I feel so embarrassed wanting to spend time with you when you don't even care. I feel embarrassed getting so upset. I'm sorry if this sounds demanding. I'm sorry I stopped trusting your love. And level 5. Love. I do love you. That's why I brought the mango. I wanted to spend some special time together. I forgive you for being so indifferent to me. I understand that you were in the middle of reading something. Let's have a loving and intimate evening. I love you. Virginia. P.S. The response I would like to hear... 
I love you, Virginia, and I always want to spend a loving evening with you. I'm going to miss you. Writing a response letter is the second step in the love letter technique. Once you've expressed both your negative and positive feelings, taking an additional three to five minutes to write a response letter can be a healing process. In this response letter, you will write the kind of response you would like to have from your partner. Imagine your partner is able to respond to your hurt feelings, the ones you expressed in your love letter. Write a short letter to yourself, pretending it is your partner writing it to you. Include all the things you would like to hear from your partner about the hurts you have expressed. The following lead-in phrases can get you started. Remember, this is a letter you're writing but pretending they're saying it to you. Use these kinds of phrases. Thank you for. I understand. I'm sorry. You deserve. I want. I love. Sometimes writing a response letter is even more powerful than writing the love letter. Writing out what we actually need increases our openness to receiving the support we deserve. In addition, when we imagine our partners responding lovingly, we actually make it easier for them to do so. Some people are very good at writing out their negative feelings, but have a hard time finding the feelings of love. It's especially important for these people to write a response letter and explore what they would want to hear in return. Be sure to feel your own resistance about letting your partner support you. This gives you an added awareness about how difficult it must be for your partner to deal lovingly with you at such times. Sometimes women object to writing response letters. They expect their partners to know what to say. They have a hidden feeling that says, I don't want to tell him what I need. If he really loves me, he'll know. In this case, a woman needs to remember that men are from Mars, and they really don't know what women need. They need to be told, and gradually over time they'll learn. Sometimes women ask me, if I tell him what I want to hear, and he starts saying it, how do I know he's not just saying it? I'm afraid he might not really mean it. This is an important question. If a man doesn't love a woman, he will not even bother to give her what she needs. If he even attempts to give a response similar to her request, then most likely he is really trying to respond. If in the beginning he doesn't sound fully sincere, it's because he's learning something new. It's awkward. Learning a new way of responding is awkward. To him, it may feel weak. This is a critical time. He needs lots of appreciation and encouragement. He needs feedback telling him he's on the right track. Sharing your love letters is important for the following reasons. It gives your partner an opportunity to support you. It allows you to get the understanding you need. It helps couples to start talking again when communication breaks down. And it teaches us how to hear negative feelings in a safe way. To receive more love, we need to have people in our life with whom we can openly and safely share our feelings. A loving and supportive group can do wonders to help us more easily get in touch with our deeper feelings. To share your feelings with a group 
means there are more people available to give you love. I hope you will use this love letter technique because I've witnessed it transform the lives of thousands of people, including my own. As you write more love letters, it becomes easier and works better. It takes practice, but it's worth it. When you want to feel better, write a love letter. If you're not getting the support you want in your relationships, a significant reason may be that you don't ask enough, or you may ask in a way that doesn't work. Asking for love and support is essential to the success of any relationship. If you want a G-E-T, then you have to A-S-K. If you want to get more, you have to ask more. Both men and women have difficulty in asking for support. Women, however, tend to find it much more frustrating and disappointing to ask for support than men do. On Venus, their motto is, Love is never having to ask. She may even purposefully not ask as a test to see if he really loves her. To pass the test, she requires that he anticipate her needs and offer his unsolicited support. This approach to relationships with men doesn't work. Men are from Mars, and on Mars, if you want more support, you simply have to ask for it. In the beginning of a relationship, if a woman doesn't get the support she wants, she then assumes he's not giving because he has nothing more to give. She patiently and lovingly continues to give to him, assuming that sooner or later he'll catch up. He assumes, however, he is giving enough because she continues to give to him. Eventually, she may ask for his support, but by this time she has given so much more and feels so much resentment that her request is really a demand. Men do not respond well to demands and resentment. Even if a man is willing to give support, her resentment or demands will lead him to say no. Demands are a complete turnoff. The first step is to practice asking for what you're already getting. Become aware of what your partner's already doing for you, especially the little things. Begin asking him to do the little things he already does. Then when he does these little things, give him a lot of appreciation. In this first stage, don't expect him to offer his support. It's important not to ask for more than what he's used to giving. Allow him to become used to hearing you ask for things in a non-demanding tone. Just as a woman who is upset doesn't want to hear a list of reasons and explanations about why she shouldn't be upset, a man doesn't want to hear a list of reasons about why he should fulfill her request. Simply be direct. An indirect request makes a man feel taken for granted or even controlled. One of the most common mistakes in asking for support is the use of the words could you or can you in place of would you, will you. To a man it makes a big difference if you say could you empty the trash versus would you empty the trash. To him he'd much prefer to hear would you empty the trash. The hardest thing of learning to ask is remembering how to do it. Try using the W words whenever possible. It will take a lot of practice. Be direct, be brief, and use would you or will you phrases. 
Be aware of how many times you don't ask for support. Become aware of how you ask and when you do. Remember to be brief and direct. Then give him lots of appreciation and thanks. Don't let anything be taken for granted. When he's used to hearing you ask for his support without wanting more, he feels loved in your presence. He feels he doesn't have to change to get your love. At this point, you can now risk asking for more. Let him realize that he can say no and still receive your love. When he feels that he can say no when you ask for more, he will feel free to say yes or no. Keep in mind that men are much more willing to say yes if they have the freedom to say no. Once you can graciously accept a no, you are ready to assert your full power to get what you want. You ask for his support, and if he starts making excuses and resists your request, you don't say okay. In this third stage, you practice making it okay that he resists, but continue waiting for him to say yes. The art of assertive asking is to remain silent after you've made a request. After you've asked, expect him to moan or groan or scowl or growl or mumble or grumble. I call all of these the grumbles. When a man grumbles, it's a good sign. It means he's trying to consider your request versus his needs. You may be asking yourself why men are so sensitive about being asked for support. It's not because men are lazy, but because men have a greater need to feel accepted. Any request to be more or to give more makes him feel that he's not accepted just the way he is. By learning to ask correctly for support in the Martian way, you not only help him to feel more loved, but you also ensure that you'll get the love you need and deserve. One of the paradoxes of loving relationships is that when things are going well and we're feeling loved, we may suddenly find ourselves emotionally distancing from our partners or reacting to them in unloving ways. It's surprising. One day you're loving, patient, accepting, and then the next day you become demanding or dissatisfied. Your partner does something loving for you, and you find yourself resenting them for all the times in the past when he or she ignored you. Or you're attracted to your partner, and then when he or she makes a commitment, you lose your attraction, or you find others more attractive. You feel good about yourself or your life, and then suddenly you begin feeling unworthy or abandoned or inadequate. These sudden shifts are confusing, yet they're common. If we don't understand why they happen, we may think we're going crazy, or we may mistakenly conclude our love has died. Fortunately, there's an explanation. Love brings up our unresolved feelings. Whenever we're loving ourselves more or being loved by others, repressed feelings tend to come up. They come up to be healed and released. If we can successfully deal with those feelings, then we can feel much better and enliven more of our creative and loving potential. If, however, we get into a fight and blame our partner instead of healing our past, we just get upset and then suppress the feelings again. For years, we have suppressed our painful feelings, 
Then one day we fall in love, and love makes us feel safe enough to become aware of those feelings. Love opens us up, and we start to feel our pain. When a man's past comes up, he generally heads for his cave. He tends to be overly sensitive and needs a lot of acceptance, a lot of space. When a woman's past comes up, her self-esteem crashes. She descends into her well of feelings, and she needs a lot of tender, loving care. This insight helps you to control your feelings when they come up. Understanding how the feelings of the past come up gives us a greater understanding of why our partners react the way they do. It's part of the healing process. As you grow more intimate in your relationships, love increases. As a result, deeper, more painful feelings may come up that need to be healed. Deep feelings like shame and fear. To heal them, we need to share them. But we're too afraid to reveal what we're feeling. At such times, we may feel depressed, anxious, bored, resentful, or simply exhausted for no apparent reason. These are all symptoms of our stuff coming up and being blocked. When deep feelings come up, we project our feelings onto our partner. It is a paradox. Because you feel safe with your partner, your deepest fears have a chance to surface. When they surface, you become afraid and unable to share what you feel. When this happens, the feelings that are coming up get stuck. This is why people with even very loving relationships may inevitably need the help of a therapist. Understanding how our past continues to affect our relationships frees us to accept the ebb and flow of love. To be successful in our relationships, we must accept that sometimes our hearts are full and at other times empty. We must not expect our partners to always be loving or even to remember how to be loving. We must also give ourselves the gift of understanding and not expect to remember everything we've learned about being loving. The process of learning requires not only hearing and applying, but also forgetting and then remembering again. Throughout this tape, you've learned things your parents could not teach you. They did not know. But now that you do know, please be realistic. Give yourself permission to keep making mistakes. Give your partner permission to keep making mistakes. Integrating this new wisdom of having loving relationships is a new challenge. You are a pioneer. Expect to be lost sometimes. Expect your partner to be lost. Use this guide as a map to lead you through uncharted lands again and again. Next time you're frustrated with the opposite sex, remember, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Even if you don't remember anything else from this tape, remembering that we're supposed to be different will help you to be more loving. By gradually releasing your judgments and blame and persistently asking for what you want, you can create the loving relationships you want, need, and deserve. You have a lot to look forward to. May you continue to grow in love and light. Thank you for letting me make a difference.